Hello everyone and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I am excited about this one. The Cowboys put up 56 points on the scoreboard last night. It was a huge divisional win over the Washington football team. The Cowboys are your NFC East champions. There is so much to discuss on tonight's episode. It, it, we will definitely miss some stuff because a lot happened last night. We'll get into all of it. Thank you for joining the show. I really appreciate you being here, and it's going to be a fun one. Hope you're having a great Victory Monday. Let's talk about it. As you walk into the show, make sure you hit the like button, share the stream. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know about ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. What is up, people over at YouTube, over at Facebook? Stephen White saying Cuba Mo. Stephen White definitely had a great Sunday night because he got to see his hero, Cooper Rush, on the playing field. Reginald uh, Trainer as well. What is up to the Facebook audience? David Quesada, Peter Rizzo, Juggernaut, says Beryl Killer. What is up, Gaston Holloway, as well, over at Facebook. Thank you for joining the show. Make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you share the show. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know about ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Now that more of us are here, let's start the show officially. Here we go, guys. What is up, everyone? Welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On The Man Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way throughout the entire season. Make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. But, hey, this might have been the biggest win of the season, and we're starting the show right off the bat with a question for you guys. True or false? The Cowboys offense from the first two months of the season is back. Do you believe that is true? Do you believe it is false? Was this just a weird game for the Cowboys? They got the big blowout. Or do you think this is really something? Do you think that the Cowboys offense is at least kind of back? Because I will go with true. I think they are. And we'll talk about a few reasons why on tonight's episode. Specifically, I have pointed out two reasons why I believe that the Cowboys offense was able to bounce back in their stellar performance from last night. Uh, Burl Killer goes with True. Todd says uh, True as well. Jason Renfro over at YouTube goes with True. Peter goes with True. Most people going with True. Lunatic, though, shares a common concern, I believe, among Cowboys Nation. Back for one game, soon to be two games, versus the Cardinals at home. That will be... A fun game to watch. The Arizona Cardinals game will be fun, I believe. Even though Arizona is in, in an 0-3 run, I think they match up. The matchup is going to be fun to watch. I think that one of the biggest weaknesses for the Cardinals lies at their offensive line, which is good for the Cowboys' defensive front. But we'll talk about that later on the week. Let's talk about last night. And thank you, Stevie Mac, for joining the show as well and reminding people to hit the like button and share the stream. That are, I will say true, and listen, here's what I like the most about this bounce back. Sure, the Cowboys had a slump, but the Cowboys were on a winning streak 
while on that slump. The Cowboys have not lost a single game in December. They are 11-4. and four. They are the number two seed in the NFC. And that is with the slump in top of them. So, so if they truly broke it last night, it is all going to be upward from here. And that is just amazing. Todd Morris says, Dallas just scored the game. And it felt like, like that uh, last night. It was so fun to watch. And after the performance from last night, the Cowboys are once again the number one offense in yards, the number one offense in points scored. They're still in the top 10 in first downs per play, which is more of a efficiency metric without being that advanced like DVOA or EPA per play. They're number nine in first downs per play. They were at some point of the year number two. They started dropping during the slump, but now, but they're still one of the best in the league, even in that kind of category. Number five in yards per play, and this is my favorite stat after week 16. Even though there's still a weird Monday night game being played right now, I, it is tough to watch Ian Book play on primetime television. But they're the second best team in the NFL in point differential at plus 150. Only the Buffalo Bills are in a better spot, and I believe their score differential is number uh, is plus 163. And number three is the Tampa Bay box all the way down at plus 130. So big stat for the Dallas Cowboys. They scored 56 points last night. Joe Posnanski is a great baseball writer. And, I, uh, and, and he once wrote an article about Joe DiMaggio. And he wrote about number 56, because if you are into baseball, you probably know that that is Joe DiMaggio's hitting streak. And Joe Posnanski argued in this article that everywhere you go, when you heard number 56, you thought about Joe DiMaggio's winning streak. If that was the change or the sense after your purchase, you're like dollars point 56, you thought about Joe DiMaggio. If the change was 56 cents, you thought about Joe DiMaggio. Now, I believe whenever I look at that number, instead of thinking about Joe DiMaggio, I will be thinking about that one night when the Dallas Cowboys went off against Washington and when we saw two defensive linemen score a touchdown, one on defense with Marcus Lawrence, the other one after Corey Clement blocked the punt and scored in special teams. And then we also saw an offensive lineman score a touchdown in Terrence Steele. Who had Terrence Steele to, to, to be the first offensive lineman to score a touchdown for the Cowboys? I believe we all thought it was going to be Connor McGovern. Kudos to Kellen Moore for stunting on all of us. <laughs> but he had a kickoff out of bounds, still not perfect to Sean. Uh, Beryl Keeler pointing out that Greg Sarline, the, the leg, was 8-for-8 eight eight in extra points. Big achievement for our Cowboys kicker. Clayton says you're going to win a lot of games when it's late in the fourth quarter and the opposing team is 1-for-10 on third down. That is completely right. Big game for the Dallas Cowboys. So how did they do it? <laughs> Maurice challenged. <laughs> Lunatic says that I challenged uh, both Allen and Payne to a cage match after their cat fight last night. Hey, that sucked. Even as a Cowboys, you know, even, even from a Cowboys point of view, that it sucked to watch that. It was so tense. Like, if we were, I don't know if this happened to you, but watching Dayron Payne, kind of like moving that leg around and just 
seemingly staring into the camera, even though he wasn't, of course, but it, it looked like it in, in, from that angle. And he kind of like trembling, not really trembling, but like the anxiety moving his leg like crazy. If we were tense watching that, imagine how tense it was on that sideline for Washington. It was so crazy. Anyways, two ways that I believe that the Cowboys offense was able to bounce back in this stellar performance. I will point out two of them. Number one will be play action. And this all ties into a third reason why they bounced back. We'll get into that. But number one was play action. In the first half, Dak Prescott was 7-4-8. And that includes from a variety of looks. We saw two of these touchdowns involved Connor McGovern as the sixth offensive lineman and the fullback for the Dallas Cowboys. And that brings me to number two, because number one, I believe it was how heavy they went into the play action concepts and how they were able to tie it up a lot of similar looks into their game plan. And I really love that because at times it felt like the Cowboys were not really doing that. And they showed one look and then they didn't come back to the same look to try to run fakes out of it. I thought I have thought that that was something that the Cowboys offense was missing for a while. And that brings us to the number two way, which is my favorite one. How about the Connor McGovern looks and how varied they were running out of those formations? I don't, I don't know if this is true because I have not checked the numbers game by game, but I believe this was the game in which we saw the most from Connor McGovern as a fullback in terms of number of plays. I believe this was the game in which they showed that six offensive lineman look with McGovern as a fullback the most times. I, I might be wrong about that, but if not, it should be pretty close. Anyways, look at, the, at what they did. First and 10 play action, it ended up in a sack, but it was a play action pass. Then first and 10, they ran to the left. First in goal, it was a pass touchdown, the Dalton Schultz touchdown. It involved uh, Connor McGovern in that same play with a play action. And then first in 10, another run to the left. First in 10, another play action pass. Second and one, a run left, but also mixed in with a Connor Williams trap, which was a nice wrinkle to that look, in my opinion. And then third in goal, you get the Terrence Steele touchdown. How about Dak Prescott faking those, by the way? It is not that easy to run play action concepts and really the amount of detail that goes into the quarterback's motions is something pretty impressive. Nate Tice from the Athletic Football Show about two weeks ago or three weeks ago described Dak Prescott as a robot. And I believe that, and he meant it in a good way, talking about Prescott's technique and how he goes about all of his movements in any kind of in any kind of situation and I believe that was very evident in the Cowboys play actions uh, plays from last night and then first and 10 you had another uh, play with the Connor Williams kind of trap so really the Cowboys tying up all of these concepts and showing similar looks with the play action plays with the Connor McGovern alignments I think that was huge for the Cowboys offense in this bounce back. Definitely not the only ways that they bounced back, but big part of it, in my opinion. It also has to do with the fact that at the end of the day, this Cowboys unit is gaining chemistry. In October, in November, we saw some players that were missing. 
Dak Prescott missed a game. The receivers missed different games as well. At one time, we had Michael Gallup as a number one receiver without Cooper, without City Lamb. Think about that Raiders game. Now they have gotten some practice time together for an extended period of time, which means they should be playing better, right? Ratchet from NFL Network tweeted out before the game that Dak Prescott and the receivers were staying extra time in order to get that communication and that timing right. And it seemed to work out for the Cowboys. So definitely you cannot point towards one single reason why they are playing better and better. Uh, a lot of people mentioning the run game. Stephen White says the run opens it up. And I believe there's an argument to be made that play action also works even without establishing the run first. But also, you know, Stephen White said that Grant Seek ran, Tony Pollard ran. How about that offensive line? Lyle Collins is balling. Connor Williams is also balling. This is the best combination the Cowboys have had on offensive line. And, and Tyron Smith is coming back next game, likely. So things will only get better. You can argue, and I did argue at that moment of the season, that benching Connor Williams was maybe not the best choice. And I felt similar to when the Cowboys benched Lyle Collins. But you can argue that it worked out for the Cowboys. I don't know if it was the benching of these two players or maybe it was something different. But these two guys are playing way better than they were at some point of the season. This offensive line is truly back to being something quite quite good. Maybe not 2016 kind of special or 2014 kind of special, but definitely a very good unit so far. But yes, the offensive line, truly fun concepts. You had Connor Williams pulling in the trap game. You had uh, Biadish. I think that Biadish pulled in a few uh, plays as well. I'm not entirely sure. But that Ezekiel Elliott touchdown run towards the beginning of the game you had Zach Martin and Tyron Smith pulling all the way from the right side in a kind of a pin and pull concept in which, you know, they're running out in a trap motion while Dalton Schultz seals the edge. That was such a well-executed play. And you had, Ty uh, you had Lyle Collins and, and Zach Martin running all across from the right side to the left side. This offensive line is doing some great stuff in the run game. Peter says, is it just a coincidence since Connor Williams has been starting that we are back dominating, says Peter. And, and, and it is fair to mention that he has faced some pretty good competition in these two games. Because maybe if we look at the teams, they're not very strong. You think about the Giants, you think about Washington, not great rivals, not great opponents. But Connor Williams has faced Leonard Williams from the Giants. He has faced Jonathan Allen, De'Ron Payne. So I think Williams is, and I, and I know that I have talked about it a lot here on the show, but I'm truly excited about the level of play that he has shown since getting back. How about Trevon Diggs, as Joshua Davis is saying, 11th pick, a rock star, tied Everson Waltz record from 1981, franchise record of 11 interceptions. Big game for Trevon Diggs. And I want to give Adam... I think it's Adam JT13, I believe, from Twitter. This guy tweets out some pretty cool stats. And I want to share this with you. I was going to make a graphic for this, but I forgot. And it has to do with Trevon Diggs' interceptions so far. 
So this is from at Adam JT13. Oh, wait, he deleted the tweet. Uh, could it be because there was some mistake in it? All right, here we go. Here's his, um, here's his correction. I'm going to read it word by word. At Adam JT13 from Twitter. In 1952, when Night Train Lane intercepted 14 passes for the Rams, this is the NFL record for a single season, the interception rate in the NFL was 7.38%. This year, it's 2.35%. Based on a simple error adjustment and opponent's number of passes, Trevon Diggs' 11 interceptions would be equal to 23.1 interceptions for the 1952 Rams. And I think it is such an important point to be made because the fact that Trevon Diggs has 11 interceptions and he's closing in on the NFL record, only two games left to do it. He might not get it because he would need to have three more interceptions over the last couple of weeks. But I think it is important to point this out because the NFL was way different in 1952 think about the west coast offense getting into the nfl think about the air raid offense think about them two mixing together think about the arrival of the spread offense it is such a different league it is forget about a different league it, it was a different sport so i think that adam here from twitter at adam jt 13 he really hit the nail in the head by making this comparison. Pretty insane. Uh, Everson's record about to fall, says Beryl Killer. I do believe that will happen. I'm not sure about Nylane's train record, but I think uh, Everson Wall's record will fall. Trevon Diggs, by the way, is still a top three candidate for Defensive Player of the Year, which is something that I am blown away by because, I don't know, I really think, I really think he's not... A, a, a top three candidate for the voters, yet in the betting world, he is. But speaking about that, Michael Parsons, according to sportsbettingdime.com, is officially tied for the, uh, for, for, as, as a favorite with TJ Watt for this award. Michael Parsons, I, I feel strongly that he's going to end up with the award and he's going to become the second rookie in NFL history to get it. Uh, 16 games, 14 games is uh, Stephen White. I assume that he did correct it though. Uh, he, he did adjust it for that. I would assume because Adam was adjusting for a lot of things. I would assume that he did for the games as well. What is up, Mel Hayes? Thank you for being here on the show. Also, we have some complaints for PFF because Burl Killer says PFF trashes dicks. Joey Bella says, bro, Diggs ran that play exactly like a wide receiver. I am so excited about Trevon Diggs because the interception was great. It was pretty funny to see Washington take a shot at Trevon Diggs in the first play of the game only to end up being intercepted. It was funny to see. I will not lie to you. However, the, the, the thing that I'm the most excited about is that we have not seen Diggs travel a lot with receivers throughout the season but one of the teams that he has done that burst against is precisely the Washington football team and, and Terry McLaurin and he ended up with a lot of success against McLaurin once again so definitely excited about Vix he's a great player I believe that even though we can put out the PFF grades and the 
yards allowed and all of that, I think that the amount of progression that he has shown from year one to year two of his career should be very, very encouraging for Dallas Cowboys fans. Mopit says, if TJ Watt gets it over Parsons, the NFL ought to be ashamed of themselves. Parsons, much more of an impact player than TJ Watt. I 100% agree with that, by the way. He, he truly is a menace. Tre- uh, Michael Parsons, even when he doesn't pressure, when he's mucked up in that A-gap inside the between the guard and the center, even when he doesn't rush the passer, he is throwing these lights off for the offensive line. He is messing with their blocking schemes. He is making life way more complicated for the offensive line. And that is without mentioning what is going on in the, in the mind of the quarterback. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know if this happened to you as well when you were watching the game, but we got to a point in which I kind of felt bad for, for Taylor Heineke. Like, there, there, <laughs> it got to a point in which I said, oh, man, he's having such a rough night because he was getting killed out there. Really, really just a masterclass performance from the Cowboys' defensive front. There was this third and eighth play in which Washington ended up throwing a screen pass in which the Cowboys have five players at the line of scrimmage. All of them are standing up because it is third and eight, and it's, it is a obvious passing down. But you have, I think there, there was something like Parsons, Lawrence, Basham, Gregory, and I believe it was, I assume it was Armstrong. I tweeted this picture out in at Mau NFL. That's M-A-U-N-F-L in case you want to follow me on Twitter. I tweet a lot of things in Spanish, but whenever you want something translated, just let me know. Yeah, it was Parsons, Lawrence, Basham, Gregory, and Armstrong. All of them were standing up. Imagine that threat. <laughs> Imagine how, like, by that point of the game, Heineke had to be a little bit scared about that sight. That hit that he got by Keanu Niels is Joey Bella. I thought he was going to get flacked, by the way. Didn't think uh, it was a weird, a weird play, too. The Michael Parsons sack, the way, the way that he timed the snap perfectly and really just with pure speed got to Taylor Heineke, that was insane as well. The Marcus Lawrence interception in which he kind of realizes that he's not going to get to the quarterback, drops back a little bit, pit, um, tips off the ball. In that same play, Chauncey Golson absolutely destroys the right tackle for Washington as well. And that even might have played a role in Heineke just getting rid of that football because Golson is just pushing the right tackle right into Taylor Heineke. So that was a, a cool play as well for from someone that is not going to... Um, for, for um, you know, maybe get a lot of credit for this game. Golson got the easiest touchdown ever, didn't he? His barrel killer, he did. Like Corey Clemens' block was right on, you know, on the right spot for Chauncey Golson to get that easy touchdown. Randall says Dak had a great night, and this actually was a a a question that I wanted to to make for you guys in the chat. Who was your prime time performer of the game? who was your primetime performer of the game. Feel free to answer Dak Prescott if you believe it was Dak. But if you want to give someone else a shout-out, 
because it was such a fun game with a lot of big players stepping up at the right moments. Make sure you let us know as well. Randall says, Dak had a great night. He is the only other quarterback to pass to a running back, tight end, wide receiver, offensive lineman. The other quarterback was Kurt Warner for the Rams when the Rams made their Super Bowl run, when they were the greatest show on turf. That stat, that, that was his stat that I loved. Because originally I was saying that he was the first one to ever do it, but that was in the regular season, right? Dila says Dallas Cowboys 92. Burl Killer says Dak Prescott hands down. Joey giving a very well-deserved shout-out, I believe. Kelvin Joseph. It wasn't until late on the game when we pointed to the TV and said, hey, that was a great play from Kelvin Joseph. And that is good because we hadn't noticed Kelvin Joseph a lot. And I think I haven't watched the All-22. I will do that tomorrow morning. You know, you guys know that Tuesday morning for me is All-22 day. So... I, I, I will be on the lookout for how Kelvin Joseph pers- performed. But it was cool that the Cowboys trusted him a lot with man-to-man coverage in the red zone, in some obvious passing t- situations. We saw Kelvin Joseph pressed up against his receiver, sometimes on the backside of the play. That was important to me because I think that was sort of telling for how much the Cowboys might trust their second round pick, even though we have not seen many, uh, pl- uh, plenty of football from him. Because listen, and I think we, we get confused about this sometimes. Kelvin Joseph has not been off the field because of his level of play. We really don't know what that looks like. This is the first exposure that we had to that. However, the true reason why we have not seen a lot of Kelvin Joseph is quite simple. At, at the beginning, it was injury. For, for Joseph, and then it became that Anthony Brown was actually playing quite well, and the Cowboys didn't have a reason to play Kelvin Joseph yet. So I think that was a big confusion that we had in Cowboys Nation over the last week. Dan Queens, Joshua Davis, definitely Joey Bellas and Malik Cooker, who was tweeting live tweeting the game. So was Jordan Lewis. Uh, man, I knew that Dak would get back on track, says Dallas Junk. Dak, Dallas just murdered Washington. They, they truly did. Uh, Bosman did great. Tank six. I like that term. The defense, Parsons and Company, says Curtis over at Facebook. Cedric Jenkins is nice. Uh, Prescott is the man, says Reginald. Truly a great game. Uh, Jason Renfro says Leighton Vandridge played pretty good yesterday. AV was solid. And AV was asked to, to do something difficult. Even though he had experience playing on the inside, it is difficult to make those type of transitions mid-season, right? He needed snaps and work. Yeah, truly a great game. Nine return touchdowns this year, says Brell Killer. The Cowboys also lead the NFL in punt blocks, by the way, according to StatsMuse.com. They lead the NFL in punt blocks, and that is quite cool. Jason Renfro, Gallimore was a bully once again. Hey, we need to give Malik Turner some love as well. Dalton Schultz some well too because the Dallas Cowboys had another good game from number 86. Dalton Schultz came up big in pretty big spots. And I mean pretty big spots, not in terms of the game because the game was pretty much decided and over with very early. But he came up 
big in some third and down plays, second and long kind of plays. What I like the most about Dak Prescott, and I'm sure that by now you have seen all of the stats, is that we also saw him run. And that has been one of the biggest complaints from Cowboys Nation throughout the last few weeks. The fact that, hey, is Dak hurt? Is Dak not running the football because he's scared or, you know, hurt? What is it that is going on with number four? Dak Prescott put that narrative to bed quickly last night because he he was out there moving and throwing on the run that Michael Gallup throw when he's kind of like directing him to go downfield and just connects with him. Uh, The one in which he got to CeeDee Lamb, which was a great catch by CeeDee, by the way. This offense was just clicking all around. Uh, Nate Tice, again, from the Athletic Football Show, mentioned something interesting on today's show from them. He said that Kellen Moore was not afraid to go back to the same concept because his argument was that sometimes Kellen Moore shows something and then, and then that works and then he doesn't go back to it, maybe out of panic, maybe because some kind of fear as a young offensive coach that once he shows it, the opposing defenses are onto it. And Nate Tice pointed out that that was not the case last night. The Cowboys were going back to the well with some of the concepts that were working against this team. I thought that was an interesting point as well. We won the game in the trenches. Is Jason Renfro. I agree with that. Joey says Dak is back. Randall points out Amari Cooper. Amari was openly campaigning for more, for more participation, and he got it all right. Anyways, I have a tough question for you guys. Dallas has 19 players with a touchdown. That number is pretty crazy. That number truly is crazy. And I was counting last night. I was thinking, how do you get to 19 players? Because make, make the, you know, the calculations for yourselves. Like, think, all right, one quarterback run, you have one player to score a touchdown. Um, you have, say, five wide receivers, three running backs, three tight ends. How do you get to 19 players with a touchdown? How, how, how does that happen? And Reginald, thank you for your comment. Uh, I appreciate you. And thank you for being here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Here is the question. Who will be, and you can get bold if you want, who will be the 20th Cowboy <laughs> to score a touchdown? I really don't know. First and foremost, I want to say I never expected Terrence Steele to score one touchdown. Um, last night versus Washington. As Dallas Young is saying, McGovern is jealous of Steele and his touchdown. By the way, there was one play in which Connor McGovern was out there looking for Dak Prescott, and this was not near the goal line. This was on a check down throw to the running back, and you could see Connor McGovern out there looking for his throw. This, This was a play in which actually the ref, after the play was over, clarified that 65, 66 had checked in as an eligible receiver. Who will be the 20th Cowboys to score a touchdown? And yes, Russell, defense counts too. Lunatic actually says uh, Micah. Parsons is another answer over here, like the same answer, of course. I think it was a great calling, uh, play calling by Kellen Moore, though, says Joey Vela, talking about that Terrence Steele touchdown 100%. It was pretty nice because we go. you have Connor McGovern 
in as a fullback showing a run, you only have a tight end over there. Like, there are not a lot of options. So Washington is 100% thinking run. And then you have Trent Seal, you know, sneak into the end zone, getting that touchdown. And Dak Prescott sold that fake. He truly did. I was so impressed by Dak Prescott's fakes. Uh, Jeremy Sprinkle is a good one from Dallas Young. I like that one. Uh, Kears, Gregory, Trevon Diggs, uh, Simi Fehokos is Joey Vela, Leighton Vandridge is due. If that happens, I will be thinking uh, Sean Lee all the way. Uh, Cooper, McGovern, I will go. No, Cooper, Cooper has his touchdown, though. Baby primetime Trevon Diggs. Trevon Diggs also has his, his touchdown, no? Yeah, Trevon Diggs has his pick six already. Three pick six, actually, as Lunatic is pointing out. Hooker is overdue. Zach Martin says, uh, Randall, yes. So what we mean with the 20th Cowboys to, to score a touchdown, we mean that there have been 19 different players on the roster who have scored one touchdown. I will go... I will go with, ah, I really don't know. I want to go with Michael Parsons. I don't know that he will, though. And that is the most common answer, maybe. So I will go with McGovern as well. I will go with McGovern as well. Week 18, fourth quarter, maybe. The game already getting out of hand for the Eagles. And then Connor McGovern, uh, and then Connor McGovern gets his... <laughs> Ah, William Jenkins. Who cares? Dallas sucks. Well, I can tell you about someone who cares, and he is commenting on a Dallas Cowboys show. I can tell you about someone who cares, William. <laughs> uh, oh, my bad. Okay, my bad. Joshua Davis says, rush then. <laughs> Anyways, guys, let's get to overreaction Monday. That was funny. Let's get to overreaction Monday. Three of them before I leave you tonight. We are about to close out the show from Monday. We'll talk more about the Dallas Cowboys, of course, on Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Central, as always. But here we go. Overreaction Monday. You guys know the rules. I give you the statement. You say overreaction or fair reaction. And as always, we try to start with a Dallas Cowboys-related one. After putting 56 points up on the board, are the Cowboys right back? among the NFC favorites. Is that an overreaction or is that a fair reaction? How do you feel about that? Are you still not sold about this Cowboys team as an NFC favorite? Is that an overreaction or a fair reaction? I will tell you what, I will go with fair. Listen, the Cowboys are number two in point differential in the entire NFL. The defense in EPA per play Guys, this defense is number one in the NFL in EPA per play. In pass DVOA, they're also number one. They're going to face the Packers. They're going to face the Bucs in the playoffs if they make a, a deep run, the Rams. This is the best pass defense among all of these teams. So I think we need to put them truly as one of the top two, top three teams in the NFC. And Anthony's pointing out eight and one versus the NFC. I think it is fair, and I am seeing each and every one of you in the chat say fair as well. 
We had Peter going with Fair. Uh, we have Curtis going with Fair. Everyone is going with Fair right now. Sean says, was never worried about the offense. We did everything we needed last four games to win. You don't need to score 50 when you only allow 14-ish. And the Cowboys clearly opened things up versus, versus Washington last night. Chris Collinsworth says, said last night that people should be afraid if they are doubting the Cowboys. I think that is more than fair. Anyways, let's take a look at the rest of the NFL with two more statements. Baker Mayfield will not get paid in Cleveland. Is that an overreaction or a fair reaction? If you were busy on Christmas Day because you were hanging out with the family, with friends, enjoying a nice Christmas lunch, Christmas dinner, depending on the time, uh, and you didn't get to see the Cleveland Browns versus the Packers game, you missed quite a bad performance from, from Baker Mayfield. I think that doubting Baker Mayfield's long-term future with the Browns is quite fair because you know how Dak Prescott haters used to say that everything had to be perfect around him to, to be a good quarterback, which is something that I strongly disagreed with. I think it kind of feels that way with Baker Mayfield, but for real though, I think that Baker is this guy that struggles to give a little bit of, of extra. So I will say that fair. However, I will say fair if we're talking about him getting paid, like that big-time contract. I do believe, however, that he still has about two to three seasons left there in Cleveland with the franchise tags and everything. I think the Browns will buy time, and they will not let Baker Mayfield go anytime soon. So I will say fair because I believe that getting paid would mean setting a record deal maybe in the market or things like that. And I think that will not happen. So I will go with a fair. We have an over here from Stephen White. Most of the answers though go with fair, including Faulkner over here on YouTube. We have also Dario saying that fair. Mayfield is as, but he don't really got any wide receivers. This is Dallas Young. What do you feel about playing? How do you feel about playing Philly again in the playoffs if we, if we don't get the number one seat? This is Jason Renfro. It's going to be interesting because it's going to be interesting because the Cowboys defense, if there's if if there is one thing they're vulnerable against is in the run game. And make no mistake about it, Philly can run that football and, and they have a strong offensive line. However, Jalen Hurts w- would have a bad day, I believe, versus this defense, though. So I would much rather face Philadelphia than most of the other teams that are in the conversation for the seventh seed. I would much rather face the Eagles than the Vikings, for example. It would be very fun to watch a divisional game in the playoffs, though. It really would. Do you all feel like Kyler Murray is slumping, says Joey Vela? I do feel that way. But not only in terms of Kyler Murray, just the entire offense as well. Without DeAndre Hopkins, they have been struggling. And keep in mind, one of the things that had worked the best for them is some of the changes that they had made. For example, with Christian Kirk playing on the slot, 
And he cannot do that anymore without some of the players that are not there. He needs to play outside. And this is something that they have struggled with. We will talk a lot about the Cardinals this week, as you guys might imagine. Anyways, one more before I leave you tonight. We will go with the AFC once again. Joey Burrow and the Bengals are a top four draft in the AFC. Burrow passed for 525 yards versus a decimated Ravens secondary. He put up four touchdowns. And now they are leaders of the AFC North. They are in the playoffs as divisional champions if the season ended today. Do you consider them a top four threat in the AFC? Overreaction or fair reaction? If you want to think about those top four teams, let me give you a little bit of context. You have the Chiefs as a number one seed, the Titans as a number two, Bengals number three, Buffalo Bills at number four, and then your wildcard teams are respectively the Colts, the Patriots, and the Ravens. Is that a fair reaction or an overreaction? I will say that I've got the Chiefs and the Bills over, clearly over the Bengals. I have the Titans below the Bengals, even though these might get me fired as we have ADC Sports Nashville. I'm just kidding, guys. Uh... I, I, I really don't know how they feel about this question, though. I think if the playoffs ended today, you would have the Patriots uh, visiting Cincinnati. I would take the Patriots on that specific matchup. So I will say overreaction because I would also take the Colts right now over the Bengals. I think they're close to being a top four threat, but I will say overreaction. However, man, Joe Voro is so good and so fun to watch. So we'll go with overreaction for that one. Steven White says fair. Darius says fair. Joshua Davis says overreaction. He's on fire, says Joey Vela, so fair. So yeah, fun team to watch. No doubt about that. And he is one of those uh, quarterbacks that you want to watch in the playoffs. And with the talent that they have over there in Cincinnati at wide receiver, they will be fun to watch. Anyway, anyways, guys, thank you for joining the show. Make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you share the stream. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know about ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. And of course, check out adcsports.com slash Dallas for your favorite Cowboys articles, Mavericks articles as well. Now that we are in December NVA, Almost January, of course. The New Year's is so, so close. I hope you have a strong finish to the year. We'll talk more tomorrow at 8 p.m. Central Time here on Dallas on the Man Sports Talk Network. And oh, guys, thank you to you. Thank you for your comments and have a good night. See you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. Thank you.